Visit patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast and become a patron of the show. Our patrons are special people who are invested in our message as we rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. You will receive digital versions of each of our cookbooks and fangirl patrons get special video access to each episode. Thank you so much to our patrons. We can't do it without you. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. And now let's rock this show. Happy Monday. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. I am your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. My co-host and best friend is Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, two friends 2,000 miles away, 10 children. We haven't seen each other in two years. And once a week, we sit down and record this show because we are here to help you rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Shay said I had to do this intro so she could finish her scrambled eggs. How did I do it? my hard-boiled egg. Oh, okay. Protein ladies. Semantics. Can I, can I rabbit trail for a second? Like <laughs> no, a Shay, you rabbit trail. do that. You don't We're do like that 12 on this seconds show. in. <laughs> I had a cooking community call last week. Um, so this is like a once a month thing where we all hop on together. People can just sort of share whatever. We talk about mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. For some reason, and I love this actually, a lot of vegans, ex-vegans, end up in the cooking community as they're learning how to like cook animal products they come to the cooking community two separate vegans came to this call ex-vegans came to this call they had started drinking raw milk and started Mm -hmm. eating a lot of meat after Mm -hmm. sort of interacting with the cooking community and separately each of these women had suffered with ibs and all kinds of inflammation issues And separately over the last 18 months, Mm -hmm. each of them has lost over 50 pounds from when they were vegan to when they started eating a lot of animal products, eggs, really good meats and and raw milk. And they were just talking about how good they felt mm-hmm. and all the uh, the IBS issues, all these issues that had plagued. I mean, they both of them had been vegan for, I want to say, between 15 and 20 years, like a very Whoa. long time. And it was just really cool to I see. I didn't know you I could just, survive veganism for that long. I just thought of, well, not well. I mean, they had all <laughs> severe issues. So mm. we talked about eating raw vegetables and how actually raw vegetables are really difficult for your body to digest. Okay, like anyway. TMI, if I have a salad, like when I eat mm. raw vegetables, I love salads, but they, I get like really sick. Like, yeah, it's my body's just like, please stop. I'm not a cow. Yeah, exactly. There are things our bodies. I mean, this is why when you go through the gaps healing protocol, everything Mm. is boiled. It's boiled vegetables, which doesn't sound super appealing, but really easy for your body to digest. Mm -hmm. Like raw broccoli, incredibly difficult for your body to digest. Why do you think you get gas from eating like coleslaw and stuff like that? It can be depending on where your like digestive system is at. Anyway, I just thought about that all from this egg because I was just wow. like, this is you just, just like, filled like four minutes of content. I know. There. I'm sorry. <laughs> just putting it out there, ladies. Start That's your day off with wonderful. <laughs> Start your day off with protein. Now you go so I can uh, eat this. Yeah. After sleeping in your American Blossom sheets, <laughs> hopefully, 
Thank you to American Blossom for being a sponsor since day one. So you need to visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use the coupon code HomemakerChic20 for 20% off. Of course, be sure you're following the podcast over on Instagram because we've got these easy peasy little red circles and you can just click them and find out what the coupon code is. And it's a direct link to our sponsors. The sponsor of this season is Tubes & Co. And um, I'm, I'm still going to harp on it. I'm still going to harp on mixing your foundation with either their glow serum or their, um, what's the primer? Is it a makeup primer? What's it called? I'm blanking. It's the just called stuff. primer. Primer. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm loving it. I'm loving it for it's the warmer amazing. weather. Uh -huh. um, mixing those two together just gives you like a nice sheer glowy, mm -hmm. um, almost dewy you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not the primer is amazing. Yeah. The primer is amazing. Mm -hmm. So tubes and co um, is run by our friend, Emily and her family. And what I want you to know is like when you order your skincare from them, these are small batch products. So when you're ordering one of our favorites, which is the frankincense tallow balm that has not been sitting in their warehouse for eight months. Okay. This is organic beef tallow, frankincense, all good, yummy ingredients. I suggest using them from your chest to the top of the forehead and the top of your hands for staying or at least looking young and fabulous. The coupon code for Tubes & Co. is Homemaker10. So get some natural, organic products, no toxins. Uh, talk about gut issues and hormone disruptors. Hormone disruptors are what's in so many uh, makeup products and skincare products, and you're not going to have that with Tubes & Co. So Check them out. And thank you so much for sponsoring this season, the official season sponsor. Mm -hmm. Way to go. Well, I'm killing it. I ate half an egg and half a piece of sourdough bread while you were doing that. That's great. I've had three Bye, cups honey, of coffee you. and no food. So if I'm like swinging from the ceiling in 20 minutes, 20 minutes oh, I can't know why. Do I need I so much fat and protein I, in the morning to get going or I am a wreck for the rest of the day. Mm. I wish somebody had told me when I was 16 years old, Mom, if you're listening, I'm not blaming you. This was not a topic of conversation back then. Mm. I wish somebody would have told me. If you deal with like those blood sugar imbalances where you're just like frantic, crazy, I could eat anything to like really low, so tired. I don't even care. I guess I just won't eat. Like yeah. there is a way to navigate those. Just like there's a way to navigate severe period pain. Like that's mm. not normal. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have told me that. Like, if you just have a couple hard-boiled eggs in the morning, you're going to feel way better. Right. And a way little better. slice of cheese. I could have some cheese yes. with the egg. And a carb. I need a carb. Yeah. So, I can't. Yeah. I, I can't do the mornings without a carb. That doesn't uh -huh. go well. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it needs to be like a bread carb. Like, I can't do, I can't really do sugar in the morning. So I have to be really careful about the type of carb. Yeah. Yeah, a pastry in the morning, like I, I'll be like a jittery mess by one o'clock. Like yeah, it, that's what kills me. That's why I could never actually be European. I'm just, I'm like, do you have any bacon? I, I see your croissant and your cappuccino and I'll take it as a tensies. But like the sevensies before that needs to have been three hard boiled eggs, two pieces of bacon. <laughs> then I can have your croissant and your cappuccino. <laughs> But yeah, man, okay. yeah, I can't just start the day like that. That's I tough. don't think they don't drink near as much coffee as we do, though, either. They just have the little espresso and or I should say as I do. 
Uh, yeah. <coughs> Forgive me. Getting over a sickness here. Okay. Um, today. Okay. First off, before we mm-hmm. answer some of your comments and questions that came in on Instagram, which were very fun. Y'all really do have us pegged with some of these memes you're sending us. Oh my gosh. And the reels. The Jesus one about folding the laundry. Who sent that? I just closed it. Thank you for that. Whoever you are. I can't find it fast enough. That was hysterical. Why don't you explain it? Okay. So it's just um, kind of like that popular meme uh, artwork. And it's a woman with a laundry pile on one side and Jesus on the other. And she's saying, why do you like keep giving me all these hard circumstances in life? And Jesus says, like, look, you just need to fold your laundry. (laughs) Maybe keep it in perspective. (laughs) I loved it. It made me laugh really hard, actually. Yeah. There's some really, really. And then making fun of like, we can't that we can't say the word Calvary and Calgary and all that. You guys just you have us pegged. It's great. It's true, though. Uh, Shay, somebody's found your doppelganger. Did you see that one? No. Who is it? (laughs) From the movie Troll. Oh, perfect. (laughs) It's in a cartoon. It's like trolls, like the Justin Timberlake one. I've never seen it. I haven't either, but you know, like they, that's what that uh, sunshine in my pocket a few years ago was. Yes. It's loading. Oh, shoot. I just left the page. It says who she, she said that she felt like she was watching you the whole time. Oh, eBay. Okay. But it won't load. Uh, Okay. Who's I, Ina, Ina, Ina Marie Vilmont. Okay. She's German. All right. I'm going to find her picture here. Okay. All right. Say something while I do that. Oh, the the anticipation. (laughs) Oh, the anticipation. Um, Oh, my gosh. Show me. What? (laughs) It's you. (laughs) What? I know people aren't people don't think that when you show somebody like themselves, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to go, oh, yeah, that looks just yeah, like because I don't want to look yeah. at my face that much. OK, look at this. Yeah, it looks pretty dang similar. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Send me your name. I'll look her up. OK. OK. Um, you know, we always joke on the show that we're talking to ourselves in a way. We're trying to push ourselves, encourage ourselves. Well, one thing Angela told us all to do a year ago, probably. Oh, boy. Was to read Rembrandt is in the wind. Rembrandt in the wind. Yes. Did you? Angela, I'm in the middle of it right now. I could punch through a wall because of how much I love it. I never thought somebody could put two Words. words what it's like to live in my body. Yes, it's so good. So happy. That makes me so happy. I didn't (sighs) know. You never told me this. I didn't know it's written by a pastor. It comes from a Christian perspective on art, which we talked about last episode. Christians should be at the forefront, I think, of real environmentalism, not pseudo-environmentalism. And I think Christians should be at the absolute forefront of, of all art. things beautiful. Of all things beautiful. Hello. The only bit I don't like about the book, just warning, is the 
uh, I can't think of what it's called, but it's like when you take scripture and you turn it into like a play. So you're not just reading scripture as it's written. You're mm-hmm. like, and Jesus sighed. He turned to his left and Matthew was over his left shoulder. Okay. And you're okay. like, okay, that's not what it says. <laughs> okay. Like there's, um, I can't think of what that's it's, word, but I mean, is it just an artistic rendering or it's like an artistic of... rendering of scripture, which okay. I just think you need to be really dramatic. Really it's like care. a dramatic, it's like a dramatic reading, reading of yeah, scripture. Okay. That's okay. what it's like. And right. so I'm like listening and I'm just like, this makes me so uncomfortable. But okay. in spite of that, like probably I literally like people the best when I talk ever. to them, I'm like, no, like, please, please read it or please listen to it. Yeah, it's it's I'm listening to it. I have to buy it because every sentence he said, I'm like, that's it. That's my that's my soul quote. Right. <laughs> you know, next paragraph. That's it. That's my soul quote. Like it's genuinely one of the best things I've ever ever listened to i'm dying that thrills me all right did you do are you through david yet did you do i I got through david and i wept because i'm like david campbell i know And, and he talks about in the book i'm not spoiling anything you know there is this saying, like as christians where we seek goodness and truth and beauty and um you know david is arguably the most perfect form of art of any form that's ever been created. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Michelangelo's David. And, but what David isn't is permanent. And we want permanence. Our souls, hi Aiden, our souls were designed for eternity. They were designed for permanence and we can find beauty everywhere, but we know damn well as homemakers ain't none of it permanent you get your laundry done there's another dirty sock like Mm -hmm. we spend all our time seeking beauty cultivating beauty and we cannot seek or find permanence in anything other than in christ Mm. and so like yes girl (laughs) david will fall david's Uh, ankles are cracked and david will fall and i'm crying and just yeah. thinking of the generation that will see David fall and it breaks my heart. I was in the garden uh for that chapter and I was like, oh Shay. Oh Shay. I must have said your name like out loud like <laughs> and Excuse I cried me. too because yeah you're just like no like a world without David? Like wait what? Can't we do anything? Please fix I it. I felt like it was like one. when Notre Dame was burning. I yes. screamed at the screen. I'm like somebody do something. I was like, so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like this when I was reading this really great book that I'm totally spacing on the name. Oh, Mm -hmm. totally spacing on the name of it right now. It's about Italy's citrus. I've talked about it on here. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, and she does a whole chapter on the Medici's citrus Mm -hmm. trees Okay, and how, how it was cultivated. So the Medici's were this very prominent aristocratic family in Florence they changed the course of Italy, arguably forever, particularly Florence. And they imported all kinds of incredible things to Italy, but they were really well known for their citrus gardens. So they would have these just all these different crossbreed. I mean, they were making all kinds of stuff, breeding all kinds of stuff. And they had, you know, the most incredible 
citrus gardens. And she talks about those basically just dying over time and how pots still remained and wild remnants of these trees still remain. And um, there was really incredible fruit that was modeled. So they tried, you know, they didn't have photographs, right? So they tried to create basically like these modeled fruit so that people could see, they could carry it on and say, this is what the fruit of this tree looks like. And they were just, you know, wrapped up and haphazardly shoved away in a closet until she came and found them and dug them out. And it's like the fall of the Medici citrus is like, it's a travesty. It's, it pains me. And people don't understand that when I see concrete, when I see strip malls, there is a piece of my soul that cries. I know that's most normal people probably don't feel that way. I know you do feel that way. That's and I think why that's I why this book. When I see a barn coming down, I can't yeah. handle barns being torn down. I don't care for barn wood. Eh. Um, yeah, we, yeah, I can't handle it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, it's like a, you know, the Lord has created us all differently mm-hmm. and praise the Lord. We need people who are passionate about recyclable plastics. We need those plastic engineers, you know, and we need electricians and we need people who want to make things beautiful. We need those people too. It's not unimportant. And we need people who want to cultivate homes. We need people who want to go to the moon. Like we need all the different people. Yeah. But to just be with like a fellow person who's like, hey, I think things should be beautiful too. And I think beauty is really important too. Mm -hmm. It was like rest for the soul. Uh, The land where lemons grow. The land where lemons grow. I was trying to find it very much. I was looking at an incredible book. If you're into Italy or citrus or history. Atley. So she's a British lemons grow. Helena Atley. Mm -hmm. She's a British gardener and she takes people on garden tours in Mm -hmm. throughout Italy particularly throughout Sicily. Cool. Are you going to go on one of those? Angela, if I had a nickel for every like <laughs> workshop on your and, <laughs> right? and place I would love to see it just, um, oh man. You could do all the things if you had a nickel. If I had a nickel, I could, I could afford could do to them do all. all right. <laughs> Somebody yeah. was asking me about our grocery budget on the cooking community call. And Oy. I said, look, I'm not, the person to ask about this because my car right now is barely starting. Like you go to turn the key and it's like uh, uh, thinking uh, about uh, it, uh, and then eventually it might go. Okay, but I like buy Serrano ham. I like import really good olive oil. Right. I'm like don't don't look at me. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not the poster child for grocery budget. <laughs> but there you go. We all have our priorities, right? Um. Okay. Yes. So anyway, thank you for the recommendation. I'm okay. going to finish it while my kids are at homeschool co-op because I was so into it when I started it. They came up to me and I like the demon eyes came out and I was like, you're interrupting my beauty. What do you want? I wanted to listen to it so bad. I was oh, desperate. Uh, did you get through the the Boston one? No. Okay. Because that one is the one that Got the me. art heist one, yeah, the Rembrandt, the Rembrandt one, the Rembrandt. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean I've watched that that documentary. Showing, this is yeah. a heist. Yeah. Or this is a robbery. This is a robbery. Mm-hmm. Great little documentary on Netflix if you want to watch it about the yeah. art heist. 
Yeah. And then Pierce Brosnan did one on his uh, crime series, too, for History Channel. Oh, really? That's one of oh, the cool. episodes. Yep. Um, you know, it. Um, what it, I love about the the book, though, is it talks about her. It talks about okay. how she came to collect art. Okay. So it's like the, pers- the personal backstory. And then it makes the pain of the loss, like all the worse. So much worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was feeling that way. So I just got through the chapter on Caravaggio and I love Caravaggio. I have his book. So I have it right here. So I was pulling it out and looking through it last night. This is one of my, these are great books. If anybody's into art history, there's a series that called the complete works that you can get. So I have one on like Da Vinci and Caravaggio and Michelangelo Mm -hmm. and just all the Renaissance greats. Hold on, Shay. Are you guys okay? Holy cow, the whole house just shook. Pardon me. Like an earthquake? Like, wow. Like the whole. It's not like somebody dropped a car off the balcony or something. Nobody's screaming. Okay. It's windy. Maybe a door just cracked shut really, really hard or something. Okay. Okay. So say the series again. I'm so sorry. Okay. It's called The Complete Works. Okay. And it's in, it's a narrated and, and like a complete works of all their paintings that these masters did. Okay. Nice. Nice. And so where was I going with that? Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm so sorry. Caravaggio. You were, maybe you were referencing pictures as you were listening to it or something. Cause you said I was listening yes, to it and then I grabbed my book. That, that I don't remember. Oh, right now. Dang it. Dang it. Earthquake. <laughs> I'll think of it. It had something Perhaps. to do with Caravaggio. What were we talking about right before that? The, the art heist. And then I said, that's okay. Yes. Thank you. All the worst. Yeah. So this has all of his works, those that um, he's only ever signed one piece, but it has all of his works and then the works that are attributed to him. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling quite emotional because next to each painting that Caravaggio did, which by the way, fairly terrible human, but that's beside the point. That's, that's the, that, that story was unbelievable point. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know a lot sort of, of heard about, about it, but I didn't know the details of it. Um, yeah, really interesting. Anyway, next to each painting in this book, it says where the painting lives now. Okay. And these Caravaggio paintings are all over the world. Mm. This one's in the Louvre. This one's in the Uffizi. So this one's at the Met, whatever. Okay. And it hurts me. I'm like, but they're family. They, there's a, they need to be together. Ah, why can't we have museums that it's like, you want to go see Caravaggio? Just go to the Caravaggio museum. You, you know, know, like, but that I know, but it makes me sad. They're all separate. And it makes, and, that makes it so much harder though. Like growing up in Chicago, you know, I've seen a lot of artwork from collection Van Gogh. You know, I've seen so many Monet, Degas, Lautrec, you know, the, the art Institute in Chicago has so many. And like, if I had to go to one thing to see those like Degas, for example, I like, if I had to go to the Louvre and that was the only place or Musee d'Orsay, um, that would suck <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, just, I, I love them to I be protected and like together and, and protected, you know? They and so protected, I know they? like 
the story of well okay so like the david chapter in the book talks about some psycho and then in 91 just going at the statue of david with a chisel a hammer well somebody should have gone at him with a hammer well they did he wasn't even taken out by security the crowd tackled him yes (laughs) i tell you what if i'm ever in a museum and one of those environmentalist punks does their thing lose their hand to a monet uh, it, it's on like Donkey Kong, man. If I'm Angel's ever in the presence of one of those lunatics throwing crap on art, <laughs> uh, you will find me on CNN because it's going to go down. I will not tolerate that crap. Those people should be locked up for life. Those <laughs> lunatic twits throwing crap at artwork. It makes me so angry. Does it? <laughs> Yes, it really does. When I open the headlines and I see one of those stories, like my blood just starts to boil. There should be zero tolerance for that. You're not saving any freaking whales by throwing red paint at a masterwork. Okay, like it's not going to happen. No polar bears will be saved because of you. (laughs) I can't take it. There you go. Better be careful, ladies. If you were planning on it. Steer clear of northern Wisconsin. <laughs> no, I mean, if I'm there, like at a museum, if that happens, yeah. they won't need security guards. There you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, wow. It's so inspiring. I just, I seriously, I'm so glad that you found this. I'm going to buy the hard copy and I'm going to savor it for the rest of my life. Right. Wonderful. I feel so grateful to even be listening to it. It just feels so fun. Um, so there you go. Where do we That's go from there? Not what we were talking about today. <laughs> I'm still creeped out by this girl that looks like you on my phone, just staring at me. I'm just there whenever you need me. I'm there in trolls. Mm-hmm. You can just watch it and you'll just, it'll be like I'm in the room with you. <laughs> Here's a new word. Anamoya, which means the nostalgia for a time you've never lived in. Visit Anamoya Jewels on Instagram or at AnamoyaJewels.com for vintage and estate jewelry from the Victorian era, the Art Nouveau movement, and more. And use the coupon code HomemakerChic at checkout for 10% off. It's spring, so why not treat yourself to a beautiful piece of estate jewelry? New items are added daily over on Instagram, so you are sure to find something you love maybe even the perfect piece for this upcoming Mother's Day. Anamoya Jewels and their beautiful estate pieces are new to the Homemaker Chic podcast sponsor family, so visit them on Insta, make them feel welcome. Installment payments are available and 10% off any treasure you find with the coupon code HomemakerChic at checkout. Visit Anamoya Jewels, that's A-N-E-M-O-I-A. If you'd like to get premium organic cotton heirloom quality sheets at 20% off, we want to encourage you to visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com forward slash Homemaker Chic 20. Homemaker Chic listeners know that the linens Angela and I both use in our homes are American Blossom Linens, and we invite you to do the same. This is a wonderful and simple way to set the mood of a clean, thoughtful, intentionally put together home and bedroom. These dye-free sheets and linens are a beautiful way to dress your bed in something sustainable, high quality, and really beautiful. Yes, American Blossom Linens is a small business. They're American grown and made. And yes, they're made with organic cotton and sewn with a smooth, soft weave and made to last. 
Whether you're looking for crisp linen sheets that fit snugly around the corners of your mattress or plush and soft towels for your bathroom, blankets, or even duvet covers, you can shop all of American Blossom Linen's available products at AmericanBlossomLinens.com forward slash Homemaker Chic 20. Okay. Uh, so we told you that we would get to some of your questions. So here is one. Would love to hear you ladies talk about skincare. I believe Angela mentioned that she was blank. I'll let you fill that in if you want to. She wrote it in here, but I don't know if you want that public. <laughs> and I could not believe it. Five exclamation points, Angela. <laughs> to tell me all the secrets. Um, Kara is asking this. Kara, we've actually done a couple skincare episodes. If you want to scrub back through the Homemaker Chic archive, but Angela can at least get us some basics here for you. Yeah, well, it's not fair because I I got introduced to this idea of taking care of my skin really young and I started like at 17. It just intrigued me. And I was like using wrinkle cream at 17 under my eyes specifically. So I read once that the skin under your eyes is like the thinnest skin on your body. And I don't know whether that's true or not. And that there's not oil, like oil glands under here. And that's why you tend to like get wrinkly under your eyes first, because it's not like hydrating itself during the day. That could be total garbage. <laughs> but I heard that however many years ago. And so I always use my ring finger because that's your weakest finger. Like when I do my concealer or something and um, I started using eye cream really young. Uh, I don't use, um, I have a Caudalie SPF, but I don't typically use SPF on my face. Um, I wear a really big hat and I have for a long time and I wear sunglasses so that I'm not um, scrunching, you know, mm -hmm. squinting all the time when I'm outside. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously like all the things like lots of water and lots of fats in your diet, but I take really good care of my skin. We have this funny story between Shay and I about her. Mm -hmm. Well, you should tell it <laughs> about going to this bed was, with your makeup on. This was before I didn't grow up with the same knowledge that Angela grew up with about skincare. And also when I had a really bad diet, I had all kinds of skin issues. Um, again, I wish that like a doctor issues would have or said to acne me, or, like acne, like I, mean, I, I wish somebody acne, like bad time bad could time. have said That's to me like, Hey, get your diet in check. Cause as soon mm -hmm. as I cleaned up my diet, um, that got way better, like mm -hmm. a non-issue, which mm -hmm. I wish somebody would have told me, Hey, your skin actually does reflect what's going on in your body. Yeah. And the better my diet gets, the better my skin gets. And look, that's not an easy answer. That's not a $30 cream. No, unfortunately. But or, yeah, I mean, it breaks my heart when people are like, oh, I have rosacea, I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. I'm like, you really should work on your gut. <laughs> right. You really need to start with your intestines. Sorry. Right. I know that's I know. not sexy. It's, There's it's no not fancy sexy. packaging with that, but. But isn't yeah. like that just seems to be coming up more and more lately where you want to get better at something or you want to learn how to do something. It's so unsexy. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. Do you, th why do you think it, 
why why do we say those words like it's so unsexy like do you think it's just because we live in like an image is society so we only really are exposed to the finished product i just think culturally yes i know i have we've lost the backstory okay so all we see is the end product i just watched a documentary a little 30 minute documentary on the liver king okay okay liver king ancestral eating walk barefoot get in the sun lift heavy weights eat take steroids organ meat take steroids turns out (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so i'm watching this documentary and there was a fitness influencer on there and he said look before social media before this world that we live in now you would maybe if you were pretty far out there meet ten thousand people in your life now let's say you're into fitness and you lift weights for you to be in the top five of those 10,000 people when that's your priority is not that mm. hard. So you could literally Excuse be me. one of the top buffest people that in you've ever met. Network. Yeah. It, that you'll ever meet, ever meet. through your okay. whole life. Okay. Now you put that on social media and you are exposed to 7 billion people and their best. And you can devote your life to anything. The chances that you're the best are zero. The chances that you're in the top 10% are zero, right? Mm -hmm. There's just too many people. The pool is too big. So a perfect example, I think, is learning a language. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not that far into learning Italian. And it's I'm learning it in isolation. And it's super hard. But I'm learning a lot. Mm -hmm. But I often then will go online somewhere. And you're, it's discouraging. It's not encouraging to me hmm. to hear somebody speak so fast. That I don't have a clue what they're saying. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just take it back a notch. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're never going to be the best. My mom says there will always be someone richer and there will always be someone thinner. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mom. It's, but it's true though. It's true. And so you might be having a great day as a homemaker. Oh, yeah. Your Mm -hmm. kitchen might be clean. You might have mopped your floors. You got your kids' new socks. Mm -hmm. You're feeling hot. And then you go on Instagram and some chick's doing this or that. And you're immediately kicked down three pegs. That is torture. It's a torturous way to live. She's carving David into the top of her sourdough. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. That's exactly it. Her her four-year-old speaks fluent Italian and you're like, just kill me. Forget it. I give up. I think that is why we say something like skincare. Oh, because it's not a real. Do these two things. Use the Chinese rice starch method on your hair. And that'll be the only hair care you ever have to do. Like that's the missing link, you know? Oh, that's it. That's all I have to do. Look, the word here's I have this sort of I have a few life mottos. One of them is anytime someone says the word just red flag. (laughs) Anytime somebody's describing to me how to get somewhere or how to do something. Oh, you just like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. It's like this. I immediately like my defenses go up. I don't believe you Mm -hmm. because nothing is just. There's too much going on. There's too much behind it. There's too much Mm -hmm. money involved, too much time involved, or there's more money involved than they say. There's more time involved than they say. More effort, more skill for everything. The word just freaks me out. 
one of the best advice I got about learning a language was actually a lady on Instagram. And she said, look, learning a language, it's not linear at all. You don't just start at point A and get to point B. Like Mm. it's music, it's culture, it's experience, it's books, it's movies, it's grammar, it's Mm -hmm. conversation. It's like this crazy coleslaw of just stuff all the time. And that is how you eventually become fluent and learn a language. Mm -hmm. It's not level one, this book, level two, this book, level three, this Mm -hmm. book. That's a sexy solution. You want the box set? You want to get from point A to point B? Here you go. It's all in a pretty package. You can have it in your mailbox by Thursday. And that's just not the way that it works. That's not the way good skincare works. Mm -hmm. That's not the way building a home works. That's not the way learning a language works. That's not how relationships work. Yeah. Just not. But we Mm. try to make it that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's sellable and it's pretty. Okay. So if you want good skin, you have to take really good care of it. Sorry, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It's not just about rubbing olive oil all over your face. <laughs> I wish it was. Maybe for some people it is. Some people. I think Marilyn, she used like Pond's cold cream and Vaseline. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. But she also she died young, so we don't really know how she yeah. would have aged. It could have been really bad. She had beautiful skin. I mean, the pictures of her with no makeup are stunning. But then <coughs> she was 36 when she died, and she doesn't look like today's 36. She's got like crow's feet and like in like really some really beautiful raw pictures of her on the beach. And right before she died, she looks like a 1960s 36, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely... The technology in skincare is amazing. I should show you this thing I got in Paris. Oh my gosh, this like dual chamber mm-hmm. comes from like the royal jelly of Angelina Jolie's bumblebees. It's oh, crazy. stop it! No, oh it's like she part she partnered with Guerlain. Oh, stop and it! I'm I'm not kidding. If you go down to That's the basement ridiculous. of Guerlain on the Champs Elysees, there's like a whole um like gallery. It's it's her and it's like this female beekeepers thing. It's actually really cool if you read all the captions under the photographs and stuff. But it's their bees and there you go. It's a really good. That's really the good secret product. to skincare. It's just Angelina Jolie's bumblebees royal jelly. <laughs> most pretentious sentence I think I've ever heard. That is the best way I could describe it and keep it amusing and podcast appropriate, worthy, whatever. That was funny. But if you go or if you have been, if you're listening and you've been to Guerlain in the last couple of years on the Champs-Élysées, you'll see they got like tinfoil bumblebee balloons in the foyer with flowers. And it's really it's actually a really good product. It's legit. Here you go. I think like Marie Claire voted it like the number one skincare product. I don't know. It's good. Wow. It's a good product. Yep. I poked fun at the Chinese uh, rice starch hair thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know if it's Chinese. So that's, I, maybe it is. Maybe just rice starch. <laughs> well, you know, the, there's a, a group of women, of okay. Asian women who are sort of known for washing their hair with this leftover rice water. Anyway, what made me oh. think of it is Tubes & Co's primer that we were talking about earlier in this episode, uh-huh. that I use this primer every day. And it. it has rice starch in it. 
Oh, these women also use this on their skin. Mm -hmm. What is the, is it going to be like a, like a little bit firming? Is that what that's what makes it so like silky smooth? Okay. And tightening maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. I bet it's a firming smoothing. (laughs) Anyway, they use it to, they use rice water to stop their hair from turning gray. Yeah. What, what, where is this? It's China and Japan to grow longer and stop turning gray. Anecdotal evidence suggests may also be effective at preventing tangles, but more research is needed. Put it on your hair. Can you get a brush through it or not? What do you mean more research That's like is when needed? I was young and people were like, you want blonde hair? Just put lemon juice in it and go out Bull in the crap. sun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Remember sun in? I never used yes. that. But all my friends I never used, used sun in. It always had that like really tacky, brassy. Yeah, it did. Very yeah. orange. Yeah. Um. Okay. Sarah, this is funny. I had the funniest thought when listening to the most recent episode, Shay was rattling off two best friends, 10 kids, two dairy cows, two husbands. In my head, I said three vaginas. <laughs> Thinking of Shay's double uterus, I know it's not actually another vag. She says vag. But with all the hilarious banter over the years, it just made me crack up. <laughs> You're new here to Homemaker did She you, Podcast. Did you know I found the picture of you going like this? Yeah, with, with my two tits. T- t- yeah, let's just not bring that up again. But I'm going to say this as a disclaimer because... Um, uh. So I do. I have two uteruses. I have two full-size female uteruses. So if uteri, so if you're wondering what my periods are like, take yours and double it because that's what's going on. Turns out somebody actually, a podcast listener tipped me off. She's like, look, maybe you don't have super heavy periods. Maybe you have two, you're shedding two uterine lightings, which is actually the case. Turns out. So there you go. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm earning jewels in my crown in heaven right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Double everything. It's called uterine didelphus. You can look it up. It happens when you're a baby in your mother's womb and they don't merge correctly. So it's like these two pieces that typically then merge into one and mine stayed separate. I'm only saying this because if you have an inclination that this is something that you might have, um, I had an inclination because before I had kids, I would use a tampon and the tampon, like I would always bleed around it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it never worked. Like I thought, like the commercials told me a tampon should work. Anyway, running around in white jeans and a miniskirt. No confirmed by the gynecologist. When I had one of my children, the septum that separated tore out. So that was fun. Um, But internally, I still have two uteruses. So uterine didelphus, just check it out because I've gotten lots of messages. I blogged about this maybe 10 years ago. Lots of emails and messages from people over the Mm -hmm. years who have it and are really worried that they can't have kids. Oh, so I was told that too. I was told you're probably not going to be able to have children. And I cried and cried and cried just because there wouldn't be room to carry to term because there wouldn't be room to carry to term. And And is a partial, excuse me, my microphone is a partial history can they do they ever take one out like a history i don't think unless you decide to so they i remember them doing an ultrasound and measuring the uteruses and so that's why i say they're both full size because some people have one uterus that's like has a septum in the middle 
Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes they would go in surgically to remove that if she was wanting to get pregnant, mm-hmm. right? So that she had a full size uterus. Both okay. of my uteruses are full size already. So they measured that, confirmed that. I've carried children in both uteruses. I've had three in one side. No, two. I can't remember. Three in one side, one in the other, two in one side, two in the okay. other. So I've had children I've carried to term in both uteruses, which is kind of a crazy thing. Yeah. So there you go. It's not two vaginas, though, for the record. It's two uteruses. But the word vag is one of the funniest words ever to me. It makes me laugh. And I will tell you this. Siri knows how to spell vajayjay. So Mm -hmm. if you're ever like typing your girlfriend Mm -hmm. and you say that. (laughs) That's that's the word I use. That's the word I use. When I'm, when I'm talking about, I use the. Are you joking? Yeah. No, that's what I use. It's a funny word. It's a funny word, and it's a nicer word, and it's more funny and nicer than the other word. So that's what I use. I hate the other word. I do too. Sorry, I said (laughs) it, but I was reading it. Okay, I should have given a warning. Warning too. Um, Emily, I just wanted to let you know that I after I heard y'all talking about the sidetracked home executive system. The she system we talked about last Mm -hmm. week, I made my own box Mm -hmm. and I've been loving it. I've never felt more clear headed because any stray thought of I need to do X, Y, Z is just put on a card to be gotten to at some point soon. Um, I used to use a hybrid lady of fly lady and clean mama methods, but this is infinitely better. Sweet. So there you go. If you didn't listen to that episode, pop back to last week and listen to it because before last was it? Yeah. Wow. Last week was the line. Fast. Last week was the line. Walk in the oh, line between martyr yeah. and mama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. It was just a fun one. So if you're if you're underneath your house cleaning right now and not on top of it, then go back and listen to that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a question from Al or AI. Is this a robot? I'm not sure. She just asks, would you mind sharing the website Shay orders her photos from? Um, When I'm ordering photos from my home, I order from a website called Artifact Uprising. It is not cheap, but they are the best. The best. I really hate badly printed photos. These ones, you can choose the density of the paper. You can choose gloss or matte. You can choose having a little white border on it. There's all different sizes, really intuitive, um, like upload and you can crop it and you can adjust it even within Artifact Uprising. So you can zoom in on parts of your photo or whatever. There's just a lot of options there. They do it. They do an incredible job of printing. The first time I ever saw them was when Audrey had gotten pictures printed of Danica and placed them out. And I went up and I'm looking at them and um, I just was like, where? First off, so special because you put even a fairly crappy picture on really nice paper with a white border and Mm. it looks really good. I used to always like back when we would print photographs, I always ordered the white border. Yeah. I look really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the quality is just amazing. So I, I just, I did, I went and scrubbed through all these photos, ordered a bunch, 
and they're expensive. So I'm, you're not going to order seven of the same picture. You're going to choose your favorite. Okay. So like an eight by 10 is how much? I don't know about an eight by 10, but they're four by sixes or three and a half by fives. I think they're a little less than a dollar. So like I ordered 60 pictures and I think it was like $45. Say it again. I ordered 60 pictures. Okay. And it was about $45. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so not Walmart one hour photo, but no, no, no. But, yeah. but these are like the kinds of pictures that you want to like tuck away and have to pass down to your children. That's why mm-hmm. I ordered them. And I'm working on baby books. I have one kid left through Artifact Uprising where you can do the books right there mm-hmm. on their website. And they've got, again, super intuitive, um, really nice layouts, exceptional quality. I've seen them in person. They're really mm-hmm. unbelievable. And so I just made a little book for each kid, ordering one for them and one for me. But nice. it has their birth pictures in there. And look, this is before I was a photographer Poor Georgia. She has the crappiest photographs. <laughs> but like, you know, when you're in the hospital, like we didn't have newborn pictures. People didn't do that kind of stuff back then, by the way. Like things are different now. You didn't have like engage, like a photographer come to your engagement or your like. I think we just weird. had cameras and we just took but, pictures, you know? Yeah. It was just really casual. We didn't do gender reveals. Like we didn't do any of that stuff. So they're all very homey and intimate. But yeah. I, what I really wanted them to have was um, pictures of their baptisms. That was super mm-hmm. important to me. And I didn't want them to just get lost in the technical sphere of like, oh, it's somewhere. It's on some computer. It's on some hard drive somewhere. Yeah. I wanted them to have a printed form, a picture that I could flip to and say, look, kid, this is your identity. This is who mm-hmm. you are. This is mm-hmm. this is the moment that that happens. Mm-hmm. So deal with it. <laughs> Start acting like it. I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> you are baptized in your faith. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't. That's funny. Is it? Um, <laughs> okay, here's a question from Jennifer. I'll let you run with this one. Oh, my husband and I are beginning our third season as market growers. What Mm. insight can you offer in working with your husbands? He's my favorite person. The only human I think my introvert self could be more than anyone and still cope reasonably well with. It's still Mm -hmm. interesting working together. We have very different reactions, perspectives, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and Joel have kind of worked side by side your whole married life in one form or another, haven't you? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, we're really open about our differences. Like we don't, we don't fight it at all. Like what? So if some task is more suited for one, that person gets (coughs) and, and vice versa. And uh, then when we work together on something, like say something is like, my example going to be like measuring, measuring, measuring. Okay. I'm better with measuring. I'm better with square footage and numbers and accuracy. But but we do that together. Like we'll that's something if we're doing a project, we'll do together and like double check each other's work, whatever. Um 
it's just as far as advice, I don't know. I just know that we, we really, we acknowledge the differences and use them. So Joel's a worker bee. He, he's not an ideas person. He's like, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. But, but don't ask him to come up with a new way of doing it. Don't ask him to um, decide that Tuesday's the day we're doing it. <laughs> you know, that's my <laughs> bag, you know? So maybe if it's, maybe have a conversation, but you know, if you're going to take it to the next level with the market growing, like what are the tasks who, and delegate the tasks between the two of you and which ones, I mean, obviously you're working together, but who's, who's leading. Okay. With this task, you're the leader with this task. I'm the leader. Um, and just get a real clear handle on that. And then what are the sticking points? Um, you know, our sticking point is that I like to cram a lot more into a day than he does. I'm like, let's go. It's 545. Chop, chop. Let's do it. And let's go till 10. Let's not even eat. Skip lunch. Let's do it. You know? And, um, you know, so what are this? And what? as far as finding the sticking points, you just look back and you look at when you were doing a project or when something was happening and where did tensions start to peak. And then I think it's just nice to address those first. So you were talking about photographs, for example, we have all these hard drives. And if I'm working or doing like a spread for the magazine, you know, a lot of times for the magazine, I'm taking pictures for like, for example, for next spring, I'm taking those pictures now, the close-ups of the daffodils or whatever to use as a backdrop for the table of contents or stuff like that. Um, so like the other day I sat down last summer, we took pictures of Ange in the garden for the cover of this magazine that's coming out this weekend for the summer cover. Um, couldn't find them. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Joel's like, I don't, you know, intentions are going up up, up, up. I'm like, look, I, I'm not a lunatic. I know we took those photographs. We could find a few like preliminary, just, um, shots as far as, uh, composition that we had a child had snapped with his cell phone. I'm like, so I'm not crazy. This did mm -hmm. happen. Cause there's the crappy ones. Where are the good ones? You know, and that photographs and finding video files and stuff. That's a sticking point for us. So I, we found them. We got it done. And I said, could we please grab a bottle of wine and a pizza and some music, lock the door. And before we're in the moment, could we go through with my happy little uh, label maker and label all these hard drives? Which photo library is on, you know, November mm -hmm. 17 to December 19 is on this one. That's what's in this black box. You know, I said, could we do that before we have the next emergency? Mm -hmm. So I think when you're working with your husband, it's really nice to anticipate those things. And, and I'm like, it's not like I do this all the time, but it's a good idea mm -hmm. <laughs> to anticipate the sticking point and address it before. It's just like with your kids, you're pulling into the parking lot and you're like, okay, we're going to go grocery shopping. You may not ask for anything. Keep your hands to yourself. Da 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 da. You know, you set the mm -hmm. you set the tone. It's nice to address things before. Agreed. I think what you said at the very beginning too about everybody having their roles is really mm -hmm. important. So again, 
it's not super sexy. You think, oh yeah, we're going to work together. Husband and wife team getting it. It's not going to look like, uh, what's the channel? Uh, HGTV. Yeah. It's not going to look like HGTV. Okay. No, it's not. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes there. And it does sound very romantic in a way. And pieces of it are, you know, like some days when we have big work days, Stu will make coffee and we'll crawl back into bed and we'll just sit there and watch the sunrise and talk about the day. And okay, what's going to roll out when? And like, Mm -hmm. there are some really idealistic, beautiful moments to it that I love. But behind that is a bunch of unsexy work where we have sat down many times and said, okay, this season, because we seem quarters do seem to be the way that we can organize best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This quarter, um, here are Shay's roles. Here are Stuart's roles. So maybe um, like I remember when the kids were a little, when taking care of the animals, when that shifted from me way more to him, where it was like, you are now the foreman of mm-hmm. the farm. Mm-hmm. You will be, you know, and through these conversations, not like me barking orders at him. Mm-hmm. Stu will be in charge of feeding, watering, scheduling things up with the butcher, making sure we have hay, making sure there's feed stocked. So this doesn't even just apply to working together. This is just husband and wife Um, side by side. Right. Right. You don't even have to be running a business together. Just Mm -hmm. who's doing what? Stu's not going to do a grocery order. Right. You know, and and he's not going to decide what's for dinner. Mm -hmm. That's my territory. If he came to me and said, I want to really cook this, great, let's do that. But I mean, of course, there's going to be scruffy edges to everything. Mm-hmm. It just is really helpful to be super clear on who's doing what. Yeah. And and outside of the moment, I think. Outside of the moment. It's when you're inside the moment mm-hmm. that you're on thin ice or, you know, you get a divorce. So mm-hmm. outside of the moment. I think yeah. And, you know, you talk about kind of anticipating some of those things. Mm-hmm. I've learned, I think I would have learned this a long time ago, but I... <clears throat> I've learned a big trigger point for Stuart is when, because I do, I tend to get into a project. It's like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm making progress. Da, da, da. Let me just pile all this crap here and I'll deal with that later. Or I'll drive the tractor down and load this up instead of just taking kind of care of things as I go along. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do tend to pile stuff by the kitchen door. Like mm-hmm. here's a compost bucket. Here's a pile of trash. Here's some cardboard that needs to be recycled. Here's a few things that need to be run up to the shop. And then when you come into the house, you kind of have to bypass our little junkyard of treasures before you come in. Mm -hmm. And that really, I mean, it bothered me, but it really bothered him. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying so hard to make sure I don't do that. Make sure that the porch is like cleaned off. There's no rogue chicken poop because that really, you don't like that because then it brings the flies into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's just not nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a special opportunity I think we have as homemakers or as business partners to our husbands okay. is we do get to anticipate those needs and we can actually use those as a pleasure point for our yeah. spouse. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. You know, Stuart brings me coffee in the morning because that's a pleasure point for me. I prepare food all day for everybody. And I really appreciate that he makes me coffee. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he doesn't do it because he like wants to get up early Mm -hmm. and coffee. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
anyway, I just think we have a lot of opportunities there. There's a, there's, do you, I think I sent you one, the do less mom, that guy that wears like the really scrappy pink wig or yellow wig with the red, dang it, Ange, yellow pink sweatshirt, (laughs) shut up, pink sweatshirt, like yellow scrappy wig. And he's got a mustache and he like Mm -mm. impersonates his wife. No, but the guys Um, who don't shave their facial hair or do anything but put on a wig to impersonate their wife, they kill me. uh, It's so clever. It's like this. Oh, sorry. I just turned that on. Um, It's this darn it. It's uh, a little reel of him impersonating his wife, like, oh, honey, you're such a pig as he sets something down without a coaster. And then it, sh- then it shows her tossing the Amazon boxes out in front of the house, yep. drinking from a latte, throwing it in the passenger seat floor of yep. her truck, like three things. And it's like, I do all of them. Yep. I do all of them. <laughs> I laugh so hard. What was the third thing? Uh, I'm going to find it here. Oh, that's so good. It's so funny it was just spot on some of those make me yeah. laugh oh they do i mean the car thing that's another trigger point like i i i love when my car is clean because it's not a nice car and mm. it's a farm car and so um i really appreciate when it's clean but i'm also like oh look there's 18 coffee mugs like all yeah. these things all right. over stool going with a garbage bag and just <laughs> ruthless the third thing oh. was the the third thing i actually don't know do it was the bathroom counter with just all the makeup and straightening oh and yeah like i, don't do I actually don't do that but the tossing of the the cardboard yeah. and the latte box yeah. or the latte just boy Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do all of those things. I don't. I actually am on like this kick where the dads <laughs> on Instagram make me laugh. I mean, there's one guy that reads text messages from his um daughter and stuff, and it just makes me cry. Yeah, yeah, really, really amuses me. Mm. It's because they're funny. There are genuinely funny and witty people in the world. Mm-hmm clever and clever which i did you love. watch did you watch uh leanne morgan yet i think you're probably no, too young but i didn't but she's I'm sorry. really funny i will watch her i will watch her i'm sorry that i haven't it's funny i know i believe you chelsea's I watched it you. like seven times <laughs> <laughs> i'm just still kind of i'm still finishing up seinfeld for the fourth time or whatever <laughs> What were we saying the other day? We were talking about uh, like life lessons or and about how there's a Seinfeld episode for every. Yeah, we were talking about like culturally, if you know these two things, you know everything. And one was Seinfeld. And I don't remember the other one. It was perfect, though. Rats. I have to ask. Ask the the kids. I remember. Hi, Anis. You got quite a few people going by. back and forth. Yeah. Hey, what's mom doing? What's mom doing? <laughs> um, okay. I'm trying to pull up our next one here. <sighs> oh, this one's just a, this is just a kind word, a little bit of encouragement. Okay. Ladies, I'm a full-time homemaker, homeschooling mom of six, ranch wife, and professional artist. And I have to say your podcast wow. is my favorite. I listen in the mornings when I paint. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. 
Yeah. I can't listen to anything when I'm creating. Nothing. No music. No people. If the sprayers are in the orchard, oh, makes me crazy. The white noise of it. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Keep it up. But I wanted to share an encouraging verse because I know we're all struggling with the daily mundane of cleaning up and the madness of little humans making trails throughout the house. Mm. I've thought about this verse a lot. So I love that she sent this. Okay. This is from Proverbs 14, where there are no oxen, the stall is empty, but the, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvests. Mm. My pastor references that often. There's no oxen. The stall is clean, but it's empty. Yeah. It's empty. And where, where the oxen are, there will be mess. Very good. Mm -hmm. And I think when you, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but let's hit it again because we all need to hear it. Um, the purpose of our homes is not to create some perfect, ideal museum mm-hmm. of who we are and what we love and how we like things. That's mm-hmm. a bonus. It's a bonus, yeah. <laughs> that we get to experience through our homes. We get to express ourselves. We get to put things that we appreciate or find beautiful on display. Mm -hmm. And that's a great privilege. But the point of our homes is to serve Mm -hmm. your spouse, your children, your neighbors, your friends, your community, yourself. That's the, the point. And it can just be so helpful. When you've got a, a house full or like when you're doing like a birthday party or a, or maybe a bigger gathering and you're looking around your house and it's exploding with life and your first inclination is like, oh, I'm going to have to pick this up. Mm-hmm. It is a great time to remind yourself of that. And you just give the Lord thanks for filling your house with beautiful oxen. <laughs> Beautiful, messy oxen. That's great. Okay. That's great. There's so many memes. I'm trying to sort through the questions of all the reels that people sent. Uh, While I find our next one, let's go ahead and um, hit that wine music because Angela has a wine that she wants to share with us today. Didn't you have, don't you have one? I never popped up and grabbed one. I can go (laughs) grab it. (laughs) Well... This is the part of the podcast, even if it's Monday, where we encourage you to pour a glass. If you're listening in the morning while you're painting, should be coffee or tea or something wonderful. Maybe a nice fresh fruit juice wherever you are. But uh, if you're listening at an appropriate time of day, then pour a glass of Dry Farm Wines with us. These are the wines that we have been drinking for years because they're clean they're organic, they're biodynamic, and they're naturally yeasted. If you are into sourdough breads at all, this is important for you to know. So what happens when dry farm wines are made, and they are made by little artisan wineries around the world, independently owned, then they take the wine, or they take the grapes rather, and they press them, they macerate them, and they let them ferment. 
and whatever sugar level is in the grapes and whatever yeasts are on the outside of the grape skins, that is what's used to make the unique wine. So most people don't know this because the FDA doesn't require for some reason ingredients to be proclaimed on bottles and it's because of money but <laughs> it's the same it, the fda like not everything has to be listed canned food it's not just sodium and water and your vegetable that's in there there are many ingredients even in canned food that don't have to be on there so go ahead sorry interrupt you. no anyway so there you go so uh when you get dry farm wines you can visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast you're so funny shay i've been saying this for it's homemaker chic yeah uh, homemaker chic forward slash homemaker chic or there's a link below or you can head to instagram there's a link there too um i want you to give them a try this summer just give them a try and see if you can taste the difference between them and the conventional wines that you may be drinking they have a lower alcohol content because they're not adding a bunch of sugar to get a higher alcohol level. We don't have to overdo things, but we like to, don't we? And that's right. what you see kind of reflected on your modern uh, wine shelf in the grocery store. You see wines that are 14, 15%. Those aren't natural wines. Grapes naturally don't have that high of sugar levels in them. And so you can look at the back, look at the alcohol percentage and pretty much know if any sugar is added to your wine. It's a really quick, easy way to tell. So you can do a one-time okay. order, just give it a shot for a month, see what you think. You can do a, just a few bottles if you wanna give it a shot and see what you think. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Okay, this is what I still have some, we opened this last night, just put a little cap on the top. Um, I was looking at the back and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't recognize that shape because they always put the little silhouette of the, the, yeah. the country on the back. So this is a Hawks Bay uh, 2020 Hawks Bay Vanguardiste wine, and it's 100% Syrah, and it's actually from New Zealand. Ah, so I don't know New if you've Zealand. ever had this they one. They do have like a few a, New Zealand wines. It's Yeah, it's got like yeah. a really cool fabric label and a bridge PA triangle. Oh, that's fun. I haven't had this one before. So Hawke's Bay is a wine region in the North Island of New Zealand. It's located on the Upper East Coast of the North Island, includes the city of Napier. And uh, they grow Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Riesling, Gewürztraminer. And obviously this Vanguardiste, I guess, is the grape variety. So, no, I'm sorry. What an idiot. Syrah. Sorry. I just said Syrah. Yeah. 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 It was good. Well, there you go. That's fun. I'm going to keep yeah. my eye open for that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the label's really cool. It's like canvas. It's thick. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. So give it a shot. Let us know what you think. You can always message us over on Instagram if you've been trying Dry Farm. Um, send us your favorite bottle. And we can share that with the listeners oh, as well fun. if there's one you want to tell people about. Um, and we haven't said this in a while. So if you live in a state that prohibits the importation of alcohol, then you can organize. We've had people organize to have dry, dry farm wines delivered to liquor stores. 
So if you have a local liquor store nearby or just somebody who carries liquor nearby, you can have your box shipped there and coordinate that. Um, what a bizarre thing. Some of the, I tell you, some of these laws that we've got in place, they just really get my goat. <laughs> They're weird. Like, really, that just stops a whole lot of problems. Not being able to ship wine across the state line that, what is this, like 1920? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And guess what happened during prohibition? Mm -hmm. People drank and produced a bunch of alcohol. <laughs> Turns out. Um, okay. I I got lost in Instagram land. I don't, I can't find any more questions. I can't I either. There, I'm like but clicking there's so and many, clicking. There's so many reels that I can't, I can't get past. How do you... What is wrong with me? You can always see stuff that I can't. Where are it's you? It's weird. I'm in the requests folder. That's where they okay. show up on our Instagram for some reason. Top requests, all requests. All requests. It's hmm. bizarre. What a bizarre okay. world. Um, hold on. I have to cough. <coughs> so we talked about... Um, we talked about wanting to talk about gardening last week and we never really got to it. So maybe we could, we could talk gardening for a little bit because I did a big thing. You guys, and I'm going to tell you about it. I told Angela about it and she was like, Ooh, and I knew she would. As soon as I did it, I was like, Ooh, Angela's not going to like this. So, but I'm going to justify it here just in case any other gardeners are listening. So we put in our garden seven years ago. We started, established our garden beds, uh -huh. edged them with our local basalt rock that we have, and then filled our pathways with pea gravel because pea gravel is beautiful and it sounds beautiful and it looks beautiful and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And over the time, over the course of seven years, we have gotten quite a few dump truck loads of pea gravel. It's really hard for us to get here. We always have to order it like a month in advance and then it's really expensive. It's so expensive. Oh and Why? I, it's just gravel. Why? Cause it's, Is they it have to tumble it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm like going through my gardens last week and I realized the pathways are covered with, you know, just weeds, just weeds. And I'm like, why, why is it so bad right here? And then I realized, oh, the gravel has gotten really thin because there is no flat. When I say there's nothing flat on our property, there is nothing flat on our property. Every bed, every pathway, it all has some sort of tilt to it because of the way our house is situated on the hill. So what happens when you have round gravel is that gravel, it rolls. <laughs> so the top parts of things were really bare, mm -hmm. which led them really exposed to weeds and then the bottoms would be really, really deep. And so what I was finding was that I was spending 90% of my garden time with my metal hoe in the gravel, just going like this over every inch of it, mm. you know, trying to rake up weeds, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through gravel. And finally, mm -hmm. I just said, enough. Either I'm going to have to shovel a bunch of this gravel from the bottom of the hill to the top, which, frankly, I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And... I happened to have 
a couple really big dump truck loads of wood chips that a tree, um, an arborist had agreed to drop off for me. And so I went over all of my pea gravel pathways with wood chips. Where? Everywhere. Even in your courtyard? I'm doing the courtyard today. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. I know. I do not agree with this. I know. But listen to my theory. All right. For one, I'm not in Normandy. We don't be getting no rain. So every (laughs) drop of water is really important here. Mm -hmm. And so for water retention, wood chips do make a lot of sense because they while gravel does hold in moisture, it doesn't hold in as much as wood chips. Oh, bakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's crazy is ever since I've done this, when mm-hmm. I walk out into the garden, it's actually humid. Like you okay. can feel like, it when you walk into the wood chipped beds versus uh-huh. when you're out. For two, we get blinding sun here. Blinding. It's so bleachy and so mm-hmm. hot and so bright. We're in a high desert. And so mm-hmm. now when that sun comes, it look the garden looks cool. It like a like yeah. a it feels denser and fuller and natural and woodsy, which mm-hmm. is a real pocket, it's like, like a real oasis from the mm-hmm. bleachy bleach of the sun. Which and would... you don't have a lot of dark. I mean, you don't have trees, like a lot of nope. trees. So, nope. okay. So it's a lot of light. So it really, it totally changes the color of the garden. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very cottagey too. It's very cottagey. very cottagey. Yeah. It's very cottagey. And it's, so I do feel like it fits the space way better. The best part is that I can get the stuff. I can get it for free. I can get, mm-hmm. you know, it delivered as much as I want. So I can constantly be top dressing paths to mm-hmm. suppress the weeds. Mm-hmm. I can move it myself, which is the biggest bit. Yeah. So I use a tractor. I use a tractor and I bring down big buckets full and then I bucket it wherever it is I want it to go. And I can do that myself. I can't lift a five gallon bucket of pea gravel. <laughs> I don't want to, I should say. I have noticed that in the garden this year. I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is work. <laughs> it's work. It's physical. Oh my gosh. Um, Am I supposed to keep liking this heavy crap? No, doing this heavy stuff? No, it's it, this is for real. I mean, and I said to Stu, Tasha Tudor gardened into her 90s until she died. Her pathways were grass. What? Mm. How did she do that? Grass is so hard. To keep I, an edge on. Yeah, I uh, I have a YouTube video coming up. Maybe it'll be out by the time this airs. I don't know. Um, I mean, I like looking down from the space here and seeing all my paths. I like seeing the green mm-hmm. in my garden. I can't, I cannot, I cannot do that forever. It's going to have to go gravel because that's all I've done this spring is pull weeds and edge the grass out of my garden because it just right. creeps and creeps and creeps. It grows all winter, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just like hoiking sod chunks, throwing them in the woods, you know, just to clean it up. Yeah, it's bad. Genuinely there, you go through this like building phase of your garden mm-hmm. or of your home if you're not a gardener. So what? But then you go through the like, okay, 
how do I make this sustainable in the long run? Mm -hmm. Because like, I can't be, I can't be 70 pushing wheelbarrows of pea gravel to the tops of hills from the bottom. I can't do that. So like, is there a way that I can design and create this space to make it something that I can do long-term mm-hmm. where it's not this crazy financial investment every year. Cause you got to buy a thousand dollars worth of bee gravel mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Like, how do we make this sustainable in the long run? That's now the question with the garden, even in terms of maintenance, in terms of weeding. Um, so, are you going to, so then in your beds, what are you mulching your beds with? I uh, compost. Okay. I top dress with four inches of compost every fall. And if I have a particularly bad area, then mm-hmm. I will put cardboard down and then put four inches of compost on the top. Cardboard is the most underused tool that we have in our gardening tool belt. Mm-hmm. I That sounds so weird, but I cannot recommend it enough. If you are having a bad area, put down cardboard. If it's really bad, put down two or three layers. I was just going to say, I was going to say two because that's all. That's what I did all last week. Is weed my new garden in the back? We put down. It was like a big weed. It was the old garden, put to, uh, before we lived here. It was all weeds, so we put down cardboard, and then we built the beds, and then we got the dump truck of pea gravel. And this year, it's all weeds to the point where I'm like, you know, I wish I could use Roundup because dang it anyways. And I said, you should have done at least two layers of cardboard as I'm out there just toiling. Hello, lovely homemakers. Are you ready to style your home like a pro? Then it's time to join the Old World Design Society. You can do that by visiting oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com for your spring home design inspiration. Join my Old World Design Society now for as little as $5 a month. You will have access to one design class a month, a private online forum full of professional designers and amateur home stylists just like yourself. You can learn from them, become friends with them, and you can choose to include a print or digital magazine with your society membership and watch your stylist skills grow. Become a member today by visiting oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com or simply head over to the Homemaker Chic Instagram page and hit that red circle that says design. It's time to learn how to elevate your space and improve your knowledge of antiques and history and style your home like a pro. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. The spring magazine is shipping now and it's gorgeous and classes are ready for you to join us. Hey friends, Shay here. If you've been needing a bit more encouragement and inspiration when it comes to cooking delicious food, I want to personally invite you right now to join the Elliott Homestead cooking community. Visit cook.theelliotthomestead.com to get started. For the past four and a half years, I've encouraged women in the kitchens with whole food recipes and instructional cooking videos. As a cooking community member, you'll get five farm fresh inspired recipes each month created from my farm kitchen and delivered straight to you. I'll also send you an instructional cooking video to go along with each recipe so that you can learn new skills and begin to enjoy new dishes and flavors on your own table. Together, we'll cook dishes like burrata salad with prosciutto and lemon, baguettes, rigatoni with potato and peas, ricotta donuts with homemade lemon curd, green vegetable minestrone, and so much more. 
The cooking community is a place of inspiration and community where you can visit with other home cooks on our circle group or simply enjoy the bountiful recipes that you'll find each month in your mailbox or inbox. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com right now, choose the membership package that fits your needs best, and let's get cooking. Yeah, and I mean, you, you have to know your weeds, so crabgrass. And I don't know those weeds. They're new. Right. right. They're, they're different. There are different, different than ones. the front. So yeah. like morning glory, you can, you have to really trick it with cardboard because it has sideways runners. So it'll just go out. So if mm-hmm. you cover like a bad patch of morning glory in your garden with like a two by two square of cardboard, well, it's nothing for that morning glory to go two feet out and then come up on the sides. It does weaken it. You have to, you can weaken it over time, but it is good to know your weeds. There are some weeds that it just smothers like that. But Mm -hmm. I did try this on my weedy pathways, put pea gravel over the top and ate it because you have slick cardboard with rolled pea gravel on a hill. And Mm -hmm. I tripped on the gravel. It just, my foot went out right from underneath me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you idiot. (laughs) Again, not sustainable for the long Mm -hmm. run. But, um, yeah, cardboard. So you use the, like your cow mulch for weed suppression then? I, I, mean, like I bring in beds, compost. I bring in compost. You have brought in. I bring in yours. a dump truck load. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm not enough of a confident compost maker. I because mean, I a- I've done it in the past and basically mm-hmm. sown 18 billion weed seeds into yeah. my own garden. See, like today's my day. I'm going to go buy my cocoa chips. They're so expensive. I can't like, even. They're so expensive. It breaks my heart. Yeah. But I have to have some way to, to maintain, first of all, to maintain moisture. I know I'm not in a desert. I don't have any topsoil. Mm-hmm. I don't have any soil. And mm-hmm. the wind just whips through here from the forest because we, we open up onto the, what we've cleared. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it'll just turn to powder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really bad. But like, I have to go buy these chips today and it hurts me. And I, in the meantime, I have like a pile of black, but I'm so scared to bring it in and bring all the weeds in, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do that, you do need to temp your compost. You need to turn it and temp it to make sure that it's hot enough to have killed the weed seeds. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you can cover it, wet it and then cover it with a tarp and try to see if any germinate. But um I'm not, I'm just not quite there yet. You know, this is something I'm still learning how to do the no dig method. He, we have a guy up here. He takes the, his cow bedding and everything and he just spreads it out like in big, long, like yeah, on his property. And so it can bake. It's not like a pile. It's shallow. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely techniques and I haven't quite found my, Mm -hmm. my rhythm with that yet. So I do bring in most of the combos. I loved having rabbits. You can use rabbit droppings directly mm-hmm. and they work great so that's I an alternative like a, i have to get a pallet of these things i can do the all mm-hmm. the beds with a mm-hmm. pallet but you do them in the beds the cocoa things in mm-hmm. the beds mm-hmm. interesting like instead of wood chips to me they're more aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. than wood chips because they're dark mm-hmm. they're red for like the first couple days yeah and then they're they're dark well that's how i felt when i showed yeah. you the picture of the wood chips i'm like yeah, they look really red, but this is what they'll look like in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks where they mm-hmm. fade and they get, and there is a difference between like landscape bark and wood chips. Those are yes. two very different things. Yeah. 
Um, so I tried to get wood chips, not, not landscape bark. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it if I can get a pine tree because I love the smell of pine. It's just oh, heaven. Yeah. So um, it's fun. It's fun. And I'm, I, I'm going to send you a new picture today. I just okay. did some more yesterday. I love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very cottagey and very, very sweet. I just went right over the pea gravel because I'm like, look, if it breaks down and you don't like it, you got mm-hmm. pea gravel under there. <laughs> That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's been it's been really fun. And this is that time of year where you're still hopeful. You're like, I'm going to keep these gardens looking so good. <laughs> And by August, I'll be like, I don't care if they look good. It's too hot to go outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. it's, um, it is fun. So I'm really yeah. happy with how it's turned out. And, you know, I, I've never had a garden for this long before. But what I, has shocked me this year is like, I'm basically my own nursery now. Mm-hmm. And it's all my favorite plants. Mm-hmm. It's like, would you like some columbine? You have a hundred babies. I right lost here. my columbine. I had this big patch and it was like every color of the rainbow. So beautiful. And then last year, like what, what happened to it? I don't know if somebody like pulled it thinking it was a weed later in the season oh, or something. It doesn't age well. But... Really sad. It's just gone. Oh, that's yeah, sad. Really. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to the village and look at their wood chips. I don't want to spend the money. But I'm to that point now where I'm like, okay, I got to do it. Like it's, it's already well, getting dry. Maybe they've got like yeah. some really I'll old, send you a picture of mine. Stuff. I think you might like it. Stu said to me, and it made me so proud. He's like, I'm really proud of you. You're like, cause he asked me, what do you want to do for your birthday? Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to go get a really good cappuccino at the bakery. Mm-hmm. And then I want to come home and garden and that's it. And he was like, you don't want to go to a nursery? And I was like, no, I like, I got, I got what I need. And he was just like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, I won't be saying that for my birthday this year. <laughs> I need trees. My garden's a little bit younger than yours. Yeah. I'm not done yet. Yeah. Um, but like lamb's ear, columbine. Oh, lamb's ear uh, invasive. I have so much of it. I know. I just called my mom this morning. I was like, do you want some lambs here? I could dig some up out of my pathways for you. You know what I found yesterday in my pathways? A bunch of Japanese anemone. <laughs> Send them to me, Shay. I don't have any. And they're expensive. They're hard to find. I bought two they're last year. They're hard to find and they're expensive. No, I bought two the year before. Put them in in the fall. Mm-hmm. And like, where are they? They're, I don't have them. It makes me... I want big mounding fabulous i want them everywhere if you guys don't know what japanese anemone is it's it blooms in the fall Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this dark green foliaged big leafed bush yeah and then it sends these little wands of flowers up so the flowers sit like a foot above the bush and it blooms at the very end of summer at the beginning of fall when there's not when everything else is fading it goes wild and if you sell, if you let it self seed, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll go, it'll just spread everywhere. So I've been transplanting them all over the garden and it's so fun. That's great. It's what's really nice about it is your autumnal flowers have a certain look. You have mums, you have asters, mm-hmm. they all have a certain look. 
but the anemone still looks like a summertime flower. It's very feminine still. Mm -hmm. It still has that look and you get to enjoy that into the fall. That's mm -hmm. what I like about them. Mm -hmm. We should really do a deep dive into our gardens. I know we have a lot of gardeners, vegetable gardeners, flower gardeners. So maybe we can tackle that a bit next week and we can kind of come to the table with some some ideas and inspiration yeah. for people as they're gardening. So cool. let's pick okay. up where we left off next week. So. Alrighty. Okay. Visit us over on Instagram. All the links for all the sponsors are over there. Make sure you use the codes that are over there so you can get your 10%, 20% off free bottle of wine mm -hmm. you have some incentive there so um okay thanks for joining us if you have questions that, that you'd like us to address make sure to send us those on instagram as well we'll do our best to sort them out <laughs> perfect okay have ladies thanks week. for joining us we'll see you back here next monday cheers cheers